0: Welcome. You're listening to the Pink Medicine Podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Plunkett. Each week, I intend to fill your ears with inspiration, motivation, and guidance to help you live your best life. I'll do this with the help of some truly amazing and inspiring guests in which together we'll bring you both meaningful and thought-provoking conversations. So settle in and let's enjoy this week's show. guys and thanks for joining me for episode 4. I'm really excited for the chat I have lined up for you today. We're going to hang out with the gorgeous Mandy from Made by Mandy and get stuck into a discussion that you may or may not have heard of. We are diving into a discussion about modern diet culture, food, diet obsession, and discuss the term orthorexia. So Mandy is a student dietitian who is really passionate about plant-based living, and she's passionate about people healing their often fractured relationships with food. She is also an amazing food stylist. Just go and check out her Instagram page. And she is a talented recipe developer. She even is a recipe contributor for Steph Smith and Lauren Henshaw's Keep a Cleaner app. In this episode, we discuss how diet culture is creating fear towards words like calories, hunger and carbs, and negative food labelling. We discuss which phrases we need to eliminate from our vocabulary when it comes to talking about our own foods and diet. We explore the idea of nourishing our bodies every three to five hours. We talk about what is intuitive eating and why we should all practice this. We discuss Dr. Steve Batman's checklist for orthorexia and unhealthy eating. And we also talk about how to rebuild a positive relationship with our food. So let's dive into today's episode with the gorgeous Mandy. Hey Mandy, thanks for jumping on the show with me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this chat we're going to have today. I think what we're talking about is something that not many people would have maybe come across or heard about discussed. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really important chat. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the increasing trend of clean eating and diet culture. I know we're going to deconstruct a little bit about what wellness is and how society and societal ideas are actually changing this idea of wellness That it's actually starting to cause a bit more harm than good. So I think this is going to be a really interesting chat, one that everyone should get their ears around. And I know this is a topic that you are quite passionate about, but to be honest, I didn't know much about it until being on your page, being on your Instagram and reading some of the reposts that you do from people you follow. So I'm really excited to learn some more about this today as well. To get started, when did you become passionate about healthy eating and advocating for people to reevaluate their relationships with food?
1: Thanks for that lovely intro. I guess I started becoming interested in health and nutrition towards the end of school, probably about five or six years ago. And that's when I decided that I wanted to study nutrition and dietetics. And then that was kind of born out of me following certain people on social media. And I guess because I've always had a passion for food and for cooking, I was interested in that aspect as well and looking for like healthier alternatives. And that's kind of where it all started. And then I guess when I did start studying nutrition and dietetics at uni, you get that scientific background and that's kind of when everything starts to come together and make sense. And from there, I started my food Instagram and food blog, which I originally started as like a platform to share healthy tips and things like that. But because in the first few years of uni, we weren't really learning, it was more quite science-based. So I felt like I didn't really have the qualifications yet to share about the actual nutrition facts so then I used it more of a platform as sharing healthy recipes and things like that and baking and whatnot and then I guess over the past few years is when I got introduced to I guess as you mentioned earlier like the more harmful side of wellness and healthy eating and how we can often get obsessed with things and how that's kind of Turned into the, the new phrase orthorexia, which we hear a lot, which is pretty much just an obsession with healthy eating, so things like clean eating or refined sugar free, gluten free, all of those fad diets and things like that. It's getting obsessed with that and it gets to the point where it overtakes your life. So that's where I was seeing a lot of that come up through my Instagram feed. And it was also quite hard to differentiate what a lot of the fitness and foodie influencers were posting to the actual nutrition facts and when you do spend a lot of time on social media and you're following like all these influencers who are kind of just bombarding you with all these different wellness messages it's hard to know what is really true. I guess you just start comparing your food intake and everything everything that you thought you knew about food to everything that you you see online and I think that's when I realized that there is no right way and of eating and everyone has an individualized approach and it also reminded me how strong social media can be in terms of dictating what we think about food and shaping our relationships around food that's kind of where it all began and how it's led me to where I am now and what my thoughts are around
0: around food and nutrition Mm, I think you're right there with talking about how social media has become a really big influence, yeah. you know, especially, for example, Instagram. That's mm-hmm. such a visual platform. People yeah. are seeing videos of people mm-hmm. at the gym. It's become such a big trend yeah. to just take a photo of what you're eating mm-hmm. exactly, <laughs> and sharing that with everyone. So it's in your face, you know, and then gym selfies and just mm-hmm. look, how, look how much, you know, my before and after pictures, yeah. you're getting it hit. Mm-hmm. in all every direction yeah all the time yeah it's in your forefront all the time it's hard mm-hmm. to escape it's almost like a fitting in thing you know exactly not, hard yeah. not to
1: take on yourself and be like oh how how do I need to change or, or how can I achieve that when really you need to step, mm-hmm. take a step back I guess and remember that what they have in their what I eat in a day or what their workout stats are have no relevance to you because we're all different and And even if we ate exactly what they ate or we did whatever hip workouts they did, then we'd still have completely different results. And I think that's where a lot of people get dumped because they just kind of want to do the next best thing to try and look like this person or that person. Yeah, it can be quite difficult and and quite toxic.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Our bodies are so different to the next person mm-hmm. and what we can tolerate. And some of us just can't eat five meals a day. But then exactly. some, some people, that's what they need to, you know, exactly. that's what yeah. their body needs. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. And I think I really think a lot of people need to reevaluate what their relationship is like yep. emotionally mm-hmm. as well as mentally, exactly. what that relationship is like with food. So I did come across a couple of posts on your page which I thought were really interesting and it was highlighting some of the language, the common language that we use around, you know, in diet culture these days. Are you able to sort of explain some Mm -hmm. of these terms and how they're kind of misinterpreted? Definitely.
1: Terms that are floating around in diet culture, so things like low energy or low calorie or using terms like good and bad foods or guilt-free, things like that, it's just so ingrained in our culture at the moment to think of foods of something that holds such a strong moral value, and it changes our relationship with food and changes the way that we feel when we do eat these foods. Because if you're promoting something as guilt-free, then you're implying that food holds some sense of moral value, um, where you should feel guilty for eating it, or you should feel proud of yourself, or receive praise for not eating it when at the actual fact food has no moral value there's no good there's no bad food it's all just down to the way we talk about it and our language around it and it can be I think the thing is a lot of people do use this language and they're not aware of the consequences that it does have and even like it's just so ingrained in our culture that like even grandparents and older people that aren't even aware of their actions are saying things like oh like I better not have too much bread or even it's just like the simplest of terms it's like implying that you know x food is bad or oh I've been so bad I've had three cookies or something like that it's like there's nothing wrong with that it's just your own perception of it and I guess another common place that these phrases come up a lot is gyms and exercise as well that's like a very key place that they come up I can't tell you the amount of fitness and gym instructors that have said like, you know, you need to burn off your food or like I remember going to a class in the Christmas holidays and they were like, oh, let's earn that Christmas chocolate Mm -hmm. or burn off Easter candy. And it's just that constant notion that they're instilling about needing to earn your food or burning your calories. And it's kind of it's just all taken so far to the point where we really need like rein it in and and remember calories are important. They give us energy. We don't have to earn our food. We cannot survive without calories. So then, why are we demonizing them so much? So, yeah, I think the language that we do use to talk about food can have such a powerful impact on our relationship with, with our food and, and with our bodies, especially because every second person now posts like pictures of their food on Instagram. I guess it's really important to think twice when you are posting those pictures and, and what words you are using to describe them. And I know in the past, before I I was educated about this. I was guilty of using words like refined sugar free, which, you know, they have their place as well. But it just is kind of like if you're marketing something as refined sugar free, this free, it kind of instills a notion that, you know, eating normal refined sugar is a bad thing or you should feel guilty for that. And, it, and it's not healthy. And yeah, I guess the important thing is to just be aware of, of the language that we're using to talk around food.
0: Mm, the, the amount of times you hear of mm-hmm. this is metabolism boosting yeah. and promoting weight loss and, yep, fat burning. you know, yeah. yeah. It's just food. It's food. We need it, you know, to live. We need it exactly. to survive.
1: You shouldn't have to justify your food because it's healthy. Food also holds an emotional attachment as well. You don't just need to eat for health as well. Food is multi faceted so yeah it's also important mm. to remember like the emotional attachment and comfort that that food does bring us
0: that is an amazing point because mm-hmm. you look in some cultures and to sit around a dinner table yeah and share a meal together mm-hmm. as a family that's sacred yeah so it's like that's a um, celebration in itself it is mm-hmm. absolutely and in even western cultures you look at our christmas and easter yeah. birthdays it's all about the cake yeah you know exactly. or about it you know absolutely the barbecues on australia day mm-hmm. or it's food and it brings us together it brings yeah. us closer it's a way of celebrating and it this happens in all cultures mm-hmm. food is there to be enjoyed it's a ritual exactly as well Perfect. and to take it to next level and just be cutting out food groups or mm-hmm. obsessing over think pre-planning your meals if yeah. you're if you're thinking a week ahead about what you're going to eat or you're mm-hmm. You know you've got something big on the weekend, so you're like, well, I'm going to fast for yeah. two days before I go out. That's, yep. um, it's a, it's yeah. a
1: form of restriction in itself and, and mm. yeah, I guess we'll touch more on that later and, and the effects that that has. But, yeah, I totally agree.
0: Mm, I came across an amazing quote on your site from another dietitian, Hayley Goodrich, mm-hmm. who said, the very foods that diet culture demonises are the ones that sustain us in times of scarcity, illness financial insecurity and always Mm -hmm. all food is good. Yeah. And I thought, you know what, that just. Yeah, sums it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Absolutely. I wanted to also talk about the the three to five rule Mm -hmm. of nourishing yourself. Yeah. So where that idea comes in. I guess the
1: rule of nourishing yourself or having a snack or a meal every three to five hours is just, based on making sure that you're eating enough and that you are providing I guess it's giving yourself the opportunity to nourish your body consistently and I when I posted that it was kind of just a reminder and like a check-in for both me and my audience to know that it's not normal to be fasting for x amount of hours and you shouldn't feel guilty about having snacks and if the person next to you you know feels best by eating three meals a day um, and that's it it doesn't mean that you know you should feel guilty or you're not doing it right if you're having three meals a a day plus like two or three snacks that was just kind of an important reminder that we need to be nourishing our bodies consistently Mm. and even if that means that you know we're not even doing anything that day we're just lounging around we still need energy and it's also important to remember you shouldn't you know overcomplicate. you know what you're eating one day to another day if your movement changes or if you're exercising or say if it's a rest day it doesn't mean that you can't eat as much as you usually would on a day that you do exercise because regardless of what you're doing your body still needs energy and it's doing needs fuel i think i remember a start and it was like 25 percent of our daily energy is just used for our brain alone so that in itself we wow. would be like patients laying in hospital beds, they still need high energy intake as well. So it's kind of like that friendly reminder that, you know, we don't need to justify snacks or we don't need to justify opportunities to to eat and and to nourish our bodies.
0: Mm. And I think, is this where the idea of intuitive eating Mm -hmm. comes in as well? Yeah,
1: definitely. I guess a lot of stuff about intuitive eating has come out over the past few years. So it's best described as a method where allows more food freedom and you start to listen to your body's cues more and think and act more intuitively about the way that you're eating. So I think it's also important to say that it's not a diet. I've seen myself, like a lot of Instagram influencers and accounts kind of disguise restriction as intuitive eating. So it's also really important to be aware of what it really is The point is to notice your body's hunger cues and fullness cues and work with them as opposed to working against them and and just following a strict regimen that you have in your mind about how you think you should be eating based on someone else even. It's just trying to get in tune with your own body's hunger signals and acknowledging them and accepting them and not trying to push them away or feel guilty for choosing to enjoy something.
0: Mm, do you know, when I read about this intuitive eating, which is co- a completely new term to yep. me, so I'm still, I'm still learning as well, but I thought how amazing because, you know, it is listening to your body yeah. and, and how your body is. And, and throughout the year, you know, you've got the change of seasons mm-hmm. as well. That's going to influence how you eat Definitely. and what you eat as well and um, what's in season yeah. with fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. So I know that certain parts of the year, I kind of just go off coffee. I don't feel like coffee in the morning and I'll start being a tea drinker again. And it just, these things happen Mm -hmm. throughout the year. It's just what, what my body wants. And in the winter time, I find that my eating habits do increase. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's goes back to just our biology that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. colder months. We do sort of hold a bit more weight and, you know, because that's that is just biology (laughs) it's cold your body needs a little bit more fat (laughs) i do notice that you know my eating habits do change in winter than in summer i feel like i naturally in summer my body does want to lose maybe a kilo or two just because it is warmer and yeah and you're eating you're eating different foods again in summer and i thought this is this is exactly a natural thing for us and we should all be doing it acknowledging it it and listening to our bodies absolutely I'll open up a little bit personally here. After I had my third son just over a year ago, as mums do, you always feel the pressure to sort of drop the baby weight, do it quickly. Mm -hmm. And so me and a couple of girlfriends, we decided we're going to do this keto diet. So we went full-blown keto for about about 12 Mm -hmm. weeks. And if anyone doesn't know what keto is, it's the ketogenic diet where you basically cut out all carbs and that's, you know, sugars and anything with a carbohydrate, yes. it's it's pretty intense. It gets to a point where you don't even eat carrots because carrots wow. have got sugar <laughs> in them. <laughs> so it got a bit mental. Yeah. But we did that for twelve weeks, and don't get me wrong, you know, we lost me and my girlfriend's like we 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 lost yeah. a lot of weight. But it got to a point where twelve weeks after I went into this, I started obsessing. Yeah, like I said, you wouldn't, I wouldn't touch a carrot, yeah. I wouldn't go near a potato, mm-hmm. and then we started combining that with intermittent fasting. Okay. I think because you see a diet mm-hmm. working it kind of it's almost like that reinforcement yeah. to oh got to keep Definitely. going and it, um, yeah. it, you can't like yeah
1: obsessive. yeah
0: absolutely and even my partner said to me my husband he said oh, you know this is starting to get slightly mm-hmm. obsessive you know we you know you've reached your goal now yeah. this is where you're at you can now mm-hmm. calm it down you can resume back to you normal, know your normal yeah. ways yeah, I think it almost it changed. I always felt like I was hardwired then to sort of look at a a carrot yes, differently, definitely. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, not touch mm-hmm. fruit or anything. And fruits, you exactly. know, if fruits are major, like one yeah, of the food definitely. groups, you know. So to be cutting out food groups mm-hmm. and then relying on replacing your food groups and what you get out of that with a multivitamin, yeah, yeah definitely, <laughs> which is a whole exactly. other thing. I've had to in in the past six months really. Yeah, reevaluate mm-hmm. my relationship with food. And I think so many people would be I think in that loop yeah. of just, you know, that cycle. Definitely.
1: You'd be surprised with how many people like have these similar thoughts and these similar obsessive tendencies around food. And I guess it's with this diet culture, like we're normalizing disordered eating habits and that's what mm-hmm. we're seeing all over like our social media feed and that's when like, I realise, like, this has got to stop because like, I shouldn't feel guilty and horrible and gluttonous by simply opening my Instagram feed and seeing what other people eat and subconsciously comparing it to what's on my plate. It just gets to a point where you think, where society's just, yeah, normalising everything that we need to not do. And
0: yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Talking about that term, orthorexia mm-hmm. so from what I, I did a bit of research around the word and from what i learned it was coined by dr steve bratman and apparently this term it's not a medical not term enough. yet apparently yep. that's right yes so i came across a couple of mm-hmm. points to recognize whether you need to evaluate yep. one of them was you start off with with the intention to eat right but over time obsession develops. Yep and you strive for a clean diet, you begin to cut out food groups mm-hmm. and you, you only eat specific types of foods or it's yeah. food groups. You spend more than three hours a day thinking about your diet or what you're going to eat. People who plan their meals several days ahead, yeah. People who feel, like we were mentioning before, people who feel that the nutritional value of their food is more important than the pleasure of eating yeah. it. And they thought these are really good yeah. points. And I think there'd be a lot of people out there who this is their way exactly. of life. They've, they've, they've trained themselves to look at food and think, right, if I'm going to mm-hmm. eat that, how many points yeah. is that? Yeah. Or, you exactly. know, yeah. It's like it's, a number system. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Very interesting. With orthorexia, what is the link between that and an eating Mm -hmm. disorder? It was
1: on the Butterfly Foundation Instagram page on National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And they posted a stat saying those who engage in moderate dieting are five times more likely to develop an eating disorder. And those who engage in more intense restriction, which I guess is what I would classify as orthorexia, I guess orthorexia lies between those two. So, those who engage in more intense restriction are 18 times more likely to develop an eating disorder. So, when I read that stat, it was shocking. But then, when I really, I guess, thought about it, you know, you know, I guess me personally, I know so many people who have like obsessive tendencies and disordered relationships with food that it's not that surprising. But then, seeing those stats written down, yeah, it is very horrifying. So- I think it's just a massive reflection on our society at the moment and our society's relationship with food on a whole. So yeah, and I guess also diet culture's notion of thinness and how that's the idyllic body for women and our talk about weight gain and how that comes with such negative talk and fat phobic language. That's a whole another topic, but it's all interrelated into how we perceive food and our relationship with our bodies
0: you put up I think it was over the weekend just gone I thought it was funny yeah it was so true you put up the book you were reading and there was a little paragraph you circled and it said something along the lines of we all strive to have that Victoria's Secret Mm -hmm. figure but we have like a a a nine to five desk job and I just thought it's so true yeah (laughs) These Victoria's Secret models are probably like yeah, on treadmills and job. doing Pilates, yeah. you know, every day. as their job.
1: I mean, like, What a lot of people <laughs> need to realize is that these Victoria's Secret models and these like quote unquote fitness Instagrammers and influencers, they probably have a messed up relationship with food too. They're just not showing that because that's not good for their personal brand. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of like we really need to take a step back and look at who we're following, look at who we're getting information from because- what we view on Instagram and the bodies that we're constantly looking at on Instagram distorts our own image of our bodies and how we perceive our own bodies so yeah it's it's quite scary when you really think about it
0: yeah and then also I feel like this is something that gets talked a lot about to uh, high school yeah. students you know and, and girls in high school because body image mm-hmm. is such a big thing and we are so aware of you know how impressionable teenagers are both girls mm-hmm. and boys I should say are about what they look like yeah. at that age but when you become an adult yeah, who's exactly. there to say to you hey mm. hang on a minute that's yeah. not healthy what's going on here is exactly. not healthy yes. there's no real support there or there's no real education yeah, you're left, or yeah you left your uh, own I guess yeah. yeah and it's kind of like up to mm. you to you know
1: reach out and get that information or get help that age group like the i guess 20s to 30s isn't as often targeted as teenagers yeah
0: yeah now that i've gone down that rabbit hole and exploring other pages connected to yours that really do showcase this issue around the way we look at food and dieting there are People out there who are trying to bring this yeah. to the surface a bit more and and make this information a bit mm. more mainstream and known, which is going to be hard because you know what, it will get drowned yeah. out by those big companies out there who are you mm-hmm. know promoting their you know protein exactly. bliss balls and their you know smoothie yeah. bowls and things like. It's going to be hard, but I do think everyone needs to have a look mm-hmm. and reevaluate their relationship yeah. with food. Yeah and hopefully some of this information can come to the surface and break through and get to people and they can they can be more aware of it so that they can either help themselves it's also like the language that we're using can either like help or harm
1: our own relationship as well as everyone else around us everyone else who's following us on instagram Mm. so yeah it's not just ourselves who we want to help but it's yeah everyone around us and just such an important thing that will always be with us throughout our whole life like there's not going to be a point where we're ever not going to need food, so we should try and get the best relationship with food that we can as soon as possible.
0: Mm, like I love looking at your Instagram feed, which oh, is gorgeous. You. By the way, you're like a Donna <laughs> Hay oh, with your food styling. <laughs> it's just so it's just so oh, clean, you. and it's just your photography <laughs> skills. <Thank> you. <laughs> but I love how you've got a mm-hmm. healthy snack. And then right next to it, you've got a picture of yeah. a chocolate cake. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You're keeping no it real. No one's going
1: to be eating <laughs> like a protein bowl for dessert every night. So exactly. Mm.
0: No, I love it. I did, by the way, I think if people have seen and, and followed uh, my Instagram, I did have a red hot crack at making a your very really good slice. <laughs> oh, my God. It was I'm so glad. yummy. That's my
1: sister's favorite dessert. <laughs> like I make that and it's gone within oh.
0: like two days. <laughs> mine yeah. didn't make it to three no and I'm pretty sure I probably 60% of it and just the crumb on top no, oh my gosh do you it, know yeah. what I'm gonna make next I'm totally mm-hmm. I've screenshotted the recipe already I'm making your orange okay, biscotti they,
1: they're probably one of my most loved recipes like my dad loves them and my grandma makes biscottis and he says that they're better than hers so I'm thinking that
0: needs something <gasps> <laughs> Ooh. yeah they're <laughs> Okay, so I am. I'm. That's my. Uh, that's my. Good, my good, project good. this week, good. the orange biscotti. Like yeah, I'll send you a photo <laughs> when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any tips for us about how we can begin rebuilding a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with our food? I think
1: the first thing is to acknowledge your thoughts and recognize your thoughts, whether it be guilt if you're eating something that's quote unquote bad, and to just acknowledge that those thoughts that you're having have stemmed from diet culture. You know, they've just stemmed from big companies wanting to make a profit off of society's insecurities and knowing that it has nothing to do with yourself or your body and and your body's not the problem. So just remembering that all food is good food. There's no right or wrong way to eat. We eat for all different reasons, for health, for emotional reasons, Acknowledging that and not beating yourself up about choosing certain foods to eat. Also remembering that if you're following a restrictive diet or restrictive habits, then that's more than likely going to lead to a negative relationship with food. And it's just going to worsen this restriction cycle and, and maybe even lead you to binge or yet yeah, to guess worse than that. That diet cycle. So the most important thing is just to not feel guilty, and obviously that's a lot easier said than done. But remembering that all food is good food, and that we deserve to eat whatever and and whenever we like.
0: Mm, exactly. Hashtag balance. Exactly. No, I love those tips, and I think that's everyone's homework is to this week mentally just yep. have a think about mm-hmm. your relationship with food. Do you tick any of those yep. boxes? is your diet starting to get obsessive. Let's just exactly. reevaluate. And you know, maybe practice a little yeah. bit of intuitive eating. Thank uh, you so much for coming so on fun. the show, Mandy. I've enjoyed this and I think this is such an important conversation yeah, that I we're agree. having. I
1: loved it. We need to do a second yeah. one. Maybe when I'm maybe I when think I'm so yes. at the end of the year.
0: <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> yes, we will definitely. Yep, yeah, have a second yeah, show, part 2. Part two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am going to make your, yes, wrap, let me your know orange Scotty. Go. I think
1: I'm actually going to make some Friday too.
0: <laughs> oh, that's it. We, we can the Scotty off. <laughs> I had such oh. a good chat with you and honestly, I think lots of people are going to get good. so I much hope. out of this. No thank worry. you so much again and yeah, I cannot wait for our, our next chat. Thank you so much for having me. This is
1: my first podcast and, yeah, it was so exciting.
0: What an awesome chat. We were just having so many laughs towards the end of that chat that it left me on such a cloud after we finished recording. I am definitely taking Mandy up on her offer to come back and join us again for another episode later down the track. I feel like that was such an important conversation to have. And trust me, once you start realizing that our minds are so conditioned to respond to negative food labeling, you begin to question some of the big health food companies' motives. And yes, it is in our best interest to eat a healthy, balanced diet. But when it starts impacting on your social life, turning down invitations to places because it's not in your diet and it affects you emotionally, I think that's when we really need to start reevaluating our relationship with food. I'm going to leave you with some homework to do this week. I think everyone who's listened to this episode needs to take a moment to then take some time out, think about their own relationship with food. Do they tick any of those boxes that we discussed on the episode and maybe practice some intuitive eating? I'd love to hear how you respond to this episode and what your thoughts are. And if you do think you need to maybe reevaluate your relationship with food and you, you make some small changes, I would love to hear how that goes as well. Next week for episode 5, I have the gorgeous Chelsea Wood coming on to talk with us about swapping her city life for the outback and to discuss what life's like caravanning around Australia. Chelsea and her partner Bryce run the very popular YouTube channel Caravanning Adventures Australia. Next week's chat's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to hear what Chelsea's been up to and hear about what life's been like for her the last few months living out in the outback. So join me for that awesome chat. And thank you so much again for Mandy for jumping on the show and we're definitely going to have that biscotti off. And if you want to try out any of Mandy's amazing recipes, go and jump over to her webpage. I will link to all of that in the show notes. And thank you again for listening to this episode. Can't wait to catch you next week for episode five. If you enjoyed today's show, I would absolutely adore it if you head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review and leave me some love over there as well. Once again, thank you for listening.